1: machine is finally warbling enough that we're going to go to a new announcement of Amplified because Amplified is about amplifying the life of leaders that lead with love and transform the world, inspire the world, and most importantly, solve problems in the world. So we have a wonderful, wonderful show as always, not bragging, just the truth. So happy July 4th, happy, uh, I guess, happy America Day. Because not all countries celebrate this. There's a 206 countries in the world. And if you say, how was your July 4th to any other country besides our own? They'll be like, what are you talking about,
2: Willis? It, it, it was a great Friday. <laughs> a great Friday.
1: <laughs> so the fireworks were, uh, I guess, a little bit different this year. This is uh, the first year I've ever seen that the, the option was watching from the lawn and hoping someone's going to illegally throw up some stuff in the air. So <laughs> so we, we did enjoy a little bit of that. So how was your July 4th?
2: actually ours was quite the bang uh we went uh, to uh uh yes i play on words uh we went to a demonstration in a different city in a nearby city uh they didn't do it in ours and uh, we just stayed in the countryside and watched it it was absolutely beautiful and then the next day uh, we knew some people who were um displaying fireworks Of their own accord and watched those uh, with great anticipation and pleasure. And it was funny because we had a view of the city behind their house and. Pretty much everybody in the city decided to do their own thing. And we had heard that the people who went and bought fireworks, they had said that every day the boxes would come and the guys would cut up in the boxes and the consumers would buy literally from the box. They they couldn't open up the consumables quick enough because people were going to decide they were going to on their own.
1: Yeah, I'm not (laughs) trying to compete with that, but in our state – uh, people were opening the boxes. They were buying the boxes just to say they had a box that actually <laughs> had the fireworks in there. And just a little tidbit. I mean, during COVID, I've learned so much. We actually drove all the way up to Canada to see the fireworks. Not so many things happened there. <laughs> went, to, went to JFK, took a flight to Paris. Still nothing.
0: No fireworks.
2: Okay?
1: And, and by the way, Nick, our, our cameo, was kind enough to overnight his night goggles to actually get the targets of the fireworks. We put them on in Paris. Couldn't see a thing. And I'm not t- I'm not putting down the night vision or Nick. I'm just saying the fireworks were not visible in Paris.
2: They didn't do any? Not they, even for the Eiffel Towers? The regular I t-
1: no, but I told Paris. I said, listen, you guys gave us the Statue of Liberty. I mean, that, that's got to be some kind of connection to freedom that you are going to celebrate this. And they were like, no. je ne sais pas. No, they said, je ne sais pas. And they, and they asked me if I wanted some frog legs. And I said, of course I do. And that was the end of that conversation. So... Let's bring Nick on. He is obviously man. a veteran hero. And just in case, audience, you don't know this, Nick did not really send me night goggles. So he's about not to send. Me, no, but not about, <laughs> he's about to send me a shirt. He has a very high calibrated uh, night vision. Um, I guess it's a JV Joint Venture Zone where you hit ten dollars, you get a free shirt. So just just yeah. a little
3: <laughs> super low threshold to get a t-shirt here. <laughs> So, I got to tell you,
1: Nick, um, I, I, I love you already because anyone that wears their brand to the shirt means they're committed and that they live it and that they're all about it. So, high, high fives to you, high tens even, yeah. okay? And we can't wait to actually connect you to the veterans, but more importantly, I'm glad you wore that because I think your shirt actually showing the glow in the dark part of it is going to be a game changer for you, but also for... The world actually seeing how powerful what your technology is.
3: Yeah, uh, well, thank you for that. And you know, this is my everyday wear. We've got <laughs> quarter zips that we call Battle Site Formal, and the T-shirts, which is just Battle Site Everyday. So it really is. I mean, the whole team wears them every day. It really is kind of can that I, value.
1: Can I make one more recommendation? Absolutely. So your hat, I would go yep. black. I'd go black. It's supposed yeah, to be black. Well, I, I guess <laughs> the no, I'm wearing infrared uh, contacts, so it oh, looks right. actually brown.
3: Yeah, it looks so brown because it, it's about time for a new one.
1: Well, so so I I think your hat should say um, "See the target below." Yeah, uh, I'm writing that down. <laughs> no, you're you're, uh, you're super cool. Tell us about um, who you well, are let me briefly. We do
2: bio really quick, so you guys have. Oh a yeah, clue, let's uh, let's, let's, a do that let's do that
1: little bio. Let's do that little bio.
2: So this is Nick Ripplinger. Nick is a former US Army soldier in operations NCOIC and he owns a BS or whole, well he owns it too. No more acronyms (laughs) for like at least a
1: minute, no more acronyms, just go straight with it. Oh, he
2: he holds a (laughs) bachelors of science instead of a BS in technical management as well as a masters of business administration. Nice, nice,
1: nice. He's
2: also the best-selling author of Frontline Leadership, Applying Military Strategies to Everyday Business and Frontline Leadership. And he's uh, founded the Frontline Leadership LLC. It's a leadership training and development company, and he's dedicated a percentage of his time and resources to assist veterans in transition by leveraging their military skills in and the And I know
1: how you threw LLC in. <gasps> Shoot, oh. limited
2: liability company. Yes, and,
1: and you didn't Can't say that, that we owe TB, and you can give the uh, correct correct uh, French pronunciation of TB of why Nick is on our show. TB. Tony,
2: I don't, I don't know. What Tony,
1: your name. you don't know T. As oh Tony? yeah,
2: Tony's name. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought you meant I was. I wasn't on to Tony yet.
1: <laughs> well, no, you're not. But we're only talking to Nick because of Tony.
2: I. That's true. So uh, for those of you who are waiting with great anticipation, who's next? Or like, who's TB? Who's Tony? Who are we? Who are we referring referring to? And that's Tony Boudot, who and, is. And by the way, he dad. does
1: go by TB. TB the big Tony Badeau.
2: There you go. That's exactly how he likes to be introduced. And he is the one who said, uh, when I said we want to celebrate a veteran who's done amazing things, he said, oh, you've got to meet Nick. Nick is absolutely fantastic. and You guys will love him. And then uh, uh, Nick um, uh, was in the Iraqi war as well. And due to injuries now is now doing this great, wonderful thing at home with Battlesite. So super exciting.
1: So Nick let's uh let's get you some airtime and we're going to bring you on for a future show cuz I understand you might be writing a key Smiling veteran book to inspire veterans and other people to support not only your mission but to support veterans
3: correct Yeah you know it's it's such a passion of ours as you know my military career got cut short back in 2011 I got medically retired and and, I mean, and people, why did that
1: happen how did that happen
3: Yes yeah, so I had a leg injury in Iraq you know it's not that big of a deal can't really complain compared to some of the other issues that, these men and women are coming home with but we really felt like at least I felt like my time got cut short and how can I stay in that fight and continue to keep serving and that's mm-hmm. when we came up with Battle Sight and it's really a rapid commercialization process for products that can go directly into the warfighter's hand and have instant impact on their missions and how how does that happen yeah so we our first product Craytac, is an infrared crown. so it writes like a infrared chem light. So when you write with it, you're actually breaking, you know, millions of these little water balloons. That causes that infrared light. So it's a way to communicate in that low light, no light situation. Instead mm-hmm. of just having a static six-inch piece of plastic Kim light, we can actually, you know, dy- dynamically communicate in those low light, no light situations.
1: So without our entire audience sending in 157,000 NDAs, can you give us why this is so special and why it works?
3: Yeah, so in the military we burn through, you know, thousands of these chem lights on missions as a way to mark, you know, hazards to communicate which rooms have been cleared and which ones haven't. But you are carrying hundreds of these on a mission where one crate replaces about 1000 chem lights. So we're really reducing the weight on the warfighter. We're providing about 95% cost savings to the government and now they actually have the ability to write hey Ken if we're trying to get your attention versus Andrea's attention and just mm-hmm. actually communicate no, this is marked because it's a hazard, or no, this is marked because it's cleared. Ninety-five percent.
1: Yep. That's crazy. Um, any, any other things you want to say about the benefits?
3: Uh, just, I think the biggest benefit is just the reduction of weight, which is about mm-hmm. ninety-nine and, percent compared and, to,
1: and the cost of like, savings is ninety-five percent. So, what is the cost, just generally speaking? Yeah, so it's se-
3: seventy dollars a stick compared to seventeen twenty. Yeah, seventeen hundred and twenty dollars.
1: to me especially during COVID, that would be a nice little trillion-dollar reducer instead yeah. of going to the quadrillion. <laughs> By the way, you know our next our next deficit is quadrillion, where we're yeah. heading, right? <laughs> yeah, so. It's not good. <laughs> not good at so all. So any,
3: any type of cost savings that we can pass on. And then just I think the more important part is just adding that additional capability to the men and women on the ground.
1: Yeah, so you know what I think the most important part is? What's that? That you, you, Nick, fought for our freedom. That's uh, what I think is I most important. I appreciate that. Well, actually, I want to take it a step further. So I, uh, I was a veteran myself, and my eighth graders in my science class said, why the heck, they did not use a cuss word, by the way, mm-hmm. but why the heck would you risk your life to fight for our country? And I'm not going to give my answer yet, but why did you do it?
3: You know, I think, you know, I was a sophomore in high school when 9-11 hit, and it was such an impactful moment in my life. And just wanting to make sure that nothing like that happens again, while I'm Mm -hmm. willing, well, while I was able to go out and do that, and I was, you know, obviously willing to do it, and it was just kind of my way of giving back to the country. Yep.
1: So I'll give you my answer that I've actually never aired. Wow, let's hear it. So, my dad said that freedom is not free, and that someone's got to step up and make sure it continues. So, I thought every American should fight for our freedom because we're the ones who enjoy it
3: that yeah, I totally agree with that yep
1: so uh, you have my support um, I appreciate a- that as as just a person and leader to another person leader but you have my also my support because you're creating a solution to a problem that only is too easy to solve with your help and by the way we give you help on this you're gonna solve more problems right
3: yeah absolutely
1: exactly I know that I can tell that from the way you speak the tonality of your voice you have a conviction for actually making America better. So thank you. Uh, thank you,
3: I appreciate that.
1: And I want to hear your story uh, in more detail, and we're going to bring you back for uh, another segment, where, yeah. you sh- where you show that this not only brings smiles to the world and freedom, but it inspires hope, all right?
3: Absolutely, whatever you need, Ken. Thank you, Nick appreciate
2: it Nick's gonna um, gonna stay in the waiting room and he'll come back on the end for uh, the questions rapid fire okay Okay. so
3: don't be
1: scared don't be scared Nick but we're gonna bring you back for rapid fire it's uh, all virtual it's just questions intellectual stuff and uh, we're gonna get an opportunity to talk about what uh, moves you inspires you and has changed your life all right let's do it all right so we're gonna bring Tony in the big TB TB all right
2: and let's do that
1: and action okay (laughs)
2: I'm so glad you did that because now they've made it different where I used to be able to just pop them on myself and now I have to ask their permission.
1: Bonus, bonus, action. (laughs) Nice.
2: I love that. So we have the most handsome, wonderful, interesting Tony Bodeau with us. I love saying your name.
4: Is it it Bodeau or Bodeau? Uh, well, it's no, most people go with two long O's, but proper pronunciation is closer yeah. to Bado. But Bado, so okay. I pretty much answer to anything as long as I'm not called late for dinner. Enchante. <laughs> Oh, I funny. can't speak French. I'm sorry. No. Other than my name, that's it. Okay. Well, just go no, enchanté O. No C. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's just I'm. I'm nice to meet you too. <laughs>
4: okay. My my daughter forbade me from helping her with her French. I was that bad at it. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, just
1: uh, study this one word, and we're going to go back to your bio. Guercone. Guercone. is the way worst way you can say garçon boy. All right. So don't don't practice that too hard. <laughs>
2: So Tony learned at an early age the power of listening and letting people know that they've been heard. He started a lawn care business at 11 and did some wonderful things with that. And people wanted to connect and acknowledge him. And today he's the number one best-selling author and founder of five companies or co-founder of five companies ranging from customer experience consulting to small business training and to television. He easily navigates the international stages, speaking both at personal growth seminars as well as uber nerdy technology. Conferences, which I love. Uh, Tony writes his business blogs, personal growth essays, and children's stories, uh, um, and enjoys doing all of those. And he now coaches executives, and he has taught high school um, and in the business department of a. Is it pronounced Quinnis College in Nashville, Tennessee? He's taught there for seven years. He's a passionate believer in possibility and power that is contained in each moment of human experience to alter the course of history. And he's here to talk about making history with us. And he also financially supports sustainable villages in Africa and Haiti and donates other time with his daughter's school and serves as the mental performance coach for the Nashville Irish Step Dancers, and his daughters are part of the Guinness Book of World Records because of that and are award-winning Irish Step Dancers. So I actually am sad that we're not playing any music so he can do a little bit of dance for us while we're starting. So welcome to here. Woo!
1: Well, Tony, I feel a little embarrassed right now because um, I started my entrepreneurial, I guess, life, mowing lawns, and so Andrea called me and said, we have a guest, and he actually mode lawns and I, and I hung up on her saying I said, he's in and I hung up and I never even knew all this other stuff about you. So this is <laughs> this is quite a pleasant surprise.
4: <laughs> she 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 went for the long bio, you know the, the, the really long history bio there. Yeah. I
1: did. Yep. You know how many people though mm-hmm. uh, that are successful in life because they start a lawn business or a paper out is insanely high. I mean <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> like my son does not know what's going to hit him in about five years. I'm gonna say, you now have a paper out make it make it work
2: (laughs) 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 do they they still have paper routes or
4: not (laughs) no i
1: was i was about to say he was going to say daddy you keep using terminology like vinyl and and paper routes as if they're in current terminology (laughs) and i'll say kenny you're 12 you don't use words like terminology with your daddy (laughs) hey do you know what um my son just learned today Scatology. Do you know what scatology is? Uh, yes, I do. Isn't that weird? I mean, he was so happy about that particular study in science. So
2: Ken, I, I can imagine well, boys would be. <laughs> Some of our audience may not know what that means. So, would you care to share?
1: Well, he learned two words technically. He learned scatology and he learned what feces, that it is actually the proper and scientific way to say poop. So, because there's a lot of poop trivia in his new book coming out and so <laughs> just to be clear he needed to know what scatology was because that's part of his scientific book fun facts
2: so for those of you who don't know uh kenny uh ken's son k3 has made his debut with his first um, co-authored book with daddy so uh kenny's favorite i would be daddy in case, in case anyone doesn't know that, that, that is daddy in case anybody was questioning who that child looked like um, <clears> um, <throat> um and then he has a second and third book now coming out. Uh, yeah, but back
1: they- to Tony, but thank you very much. Back to Tony. So I want to talk to you, Tony, not just about who you are and how you became who you are, but I actually have an ADD moment happening here. I have to know about this children's book. Can you tell me who, why, and how that children's book happened?
4: Yeah. So unfortunately I don't have a copy of it within reach here. I, but, can, um, I would
1: send it to you with the night goggles, <laughs> but I don't have
4: either. You know, that's, that's okay. I'll have to, i with it. So, um, the uh, my daughters are fifteen and sixteen right now. One of them just had her birthday on the third, and um, and, and so I'm putting them to bed at night. I used to read to them and all that. And the one night I just was too tired to read, and so I just started making up a story. And they loved it so much. It was it was something about a chicken or something like that getting caught in the it, trees. Isn't it always remember.
1: Tony? Isn't it always about a chicken though?
4: It, it is. It <laughs> is right. <laughs> and so I I after I got done, they loved the story so much. I mean, they laughed, they cried, the whole thing. So I was like. There might be something here so i went down and wrote the story you know went to my computer typed the story out and all that kind of stuff and then the next night I are like dad tell us another story and so it was just this process of like telling them stories and eventually my wife for probably christmas of 2007 sent out the letter to to you know all the family members when you used to do that kind of thing you know and and she told everyone that I was publishing a children's book i had not pre-read the letter before it went out so then i was committed to having to publish a children's book <laughs> yeah yeah. So I, I, I got one published. The other ones, I've got another one written, haven't published yet. And then several stories kind of in the back end. I don't know if they're any good or not, but, you know, I wrote them for my daughters, is what I did in the first place. Well, episode.
1: if they're entertained, you already have votes from the children's uh, exactly. generation. That it's, you got it's two a,
2: fans. The, Those yeah. are the most important. No, it's actually
1: not two fans. They probably represent the, uh, the the kids' generation pretty well. So actually, can you do uh, the best job you can of just giving
4: her like a one minute premise of what the story is about? so actually the the book that i published is, is called hannah's animal farm and it's a game it's based on the game i used to play with my younger daughter hannah and so this one uh goes through and teaches all the animal sounds and uh with rhyming in that so um i, did, I can't even remember any of the rhymes off the top well, of it. it's been I, I, probably five one, years I'm since i read one scatology splatology Yes, that was definitely in there. That was page seventeen.
2: So, cluck in the muck. Okay. Yeah.
1: So and then Chicken the, Schmicken. I, I love these things. <laughs> yep, that's exactly it. That's exactly
4: it. it was like, uh, let's see, moo and uh, uh oink and uh oh, there's all, all right the right other right. sounds. Yeah, all the other animal sounds. But it was it was a fun little book and we had we had a local artist who was uh, working at a coffee shop um that we met and she did all of this great Um, artwork little pieces of paper glued them all together to make some beautiful pictures for us so we we scan those in and use those as the artwork so
1: my son happens to be come over here kenny just say hi real quick so he's here and he's helping me out he's he was trying to find a chicken joke to help because it's probably something you already use in your book do you have a chicken joke handy you want to just say hi real quick
2: hi there
4: hey kenny
1: so, uh, do you have the chicken joke, or you want to do the uh, you want to do the buffalo one? Do, do the buffalo one. You want to do buffalo? No. Oh, come on. Do the buffalo one.
2: Kenny, can you share um, the dinosaur one? That's my favorite. We're on the air. What do you call a dinosaur with bad vision? I what have no idea. You call a dinosaur with bad vision. A dinky dinky do you think he saw us, saw us? Do
1: you think he saw us? <laughs> nice. Do you think he saw us? But he has some jokes in the back, and I mean, he, he does have a chicken joke in the back. And I, I can't wait to get your book, Tony. Um, I don't know if he has a chicken book handy, uh, the chicken thing handy. Well, he uh,
2: made but, the one, didn't he, um, about yeah.
1: the chicken? Well, uh, he did have Why Did the Wabbit Cross the Road. And this is an original, by the way. This is uh, not Googleable. Right this right is only right. in this book. Why Did the Wabbit? Cross the road.
2: Why did the Webbit cross the road?
1: Because he was stuck to the car's wheel and that's how it happened.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's how things happen, Tony. <laughs> yeah, it's it goes all it goes back to scatology. <laughs>
3: it, really <laughs> does. it really does,
1: Tony. So so um, not to regress, we have a break in like five minutes, so I'm not gonna cheat you out of the story of who you are and how you became who you are, what I will say is, can you tell us how your childhood actually caused you to
4: be who you are and tell that story in like three minutes if you wouldn't mind? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, it, it actually goes back to the, to the moment of birth. Um, I was born missing a bone, the fulcrum bone. Actually, it's called the talus in my right foot, and so my foot was bent up and pressed up against my leg. And um, for the first five years of my life, I went through a series of surgeries and casting and other procedures. Um, and essentially, at four and a half years of age, they invented a surgery to to uh, put my foot down so it would be, you know, perpendicular to my leg. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, by the age of five, I was able to walk without casts and crutches and, and, and things like that. But um, that that was really a, a formational period because for the first five years, I didn't do what most kids did. I tried to. I grew up in a big family of number seven of 12.
1: Did they so, videotape this? Did they videotape me? This?
4: I, I, no. You know, there was, well, they probably videotaped the surgery because I have actually seen some pictures online that look like it. Can, and I share, was only, can I
1: share why I interrupted? Yeah, uh, go ahead. So, yeah. So, my son uh, was doing this trivia, not not just the schedology, but like, trivia of what general knowledge is in COVID like what do you learn when you're at home and versus what you learn at school and he said daddy this trivia and what you're teaching me this is like the worst day of my life and I go I promise you there's worse days and I'm I'm trying to teach him perspective yeah I mean you wouldn't be who you are if you're sharing this story because how much this impacted you yeah. this hum- this humbled you this caused you to realize that everything's a gift am I yeah. right yes absolutely okay. continue thank you
4: well it, it and it's it's it is such a big piece of who I am because you know I grew up with all the other kids doing stuff for the first five years I didn't really have a chance to do that stuff I tried but you know I was sliding down the steps you know from a two-story house you know on a piece of wood that's how I got up and down the stairs you know Mm. Um, and then when I went to kindergarten you know I by that time we'd gone through and I was I wore braces and things like that up through like eighth grade most of which I was very self-conscious of Mm -hmm. Um, but I had a lot of people that they would ask me the, the question they'd say so what's it like to have a bad foot? And and if you ever want to understand, and they were they were asking it innocently, but it was like it created the sense of being fundamentally flawed. Mm-hmm. But there's something broken about me deep down, and and the response that I began to give as a you know got older, probably fifth or sixth grade, I, I'm like I don't know what it's like to have two good feet, and so there was this like connection with with, and I couldn't describe it at that point in time, but I realized that everyone has their own experience of life, and we really can't experience what another person's experiencing. You know, deep down, we can empathize with them, but we cannot experience it. And, and, you know, through childhood, it was just always interesting because I always assumed I was like everyone else or everyone else is having the same experience as me. And when I realized they weren't, then I began to question, like, what are they experiencing that I'm not? And, and how could they possibly understand what I'm experiencing? So that's kind of the the short version of the story that kind of opened me up to this idea of understanding what human experience was all about. And that was corrected, I guess? Uh, for the most part, I, I can move my foot up and down. I can't move right or left. Um, I It is a size nine versus my left foot, which is a size 13. So, you know, there are some issues when you try to buy shoes and things like that. Um, but, you know, I've never considered myself handicapped at all, even though I have some pretty significant limitations. So you basically
1: get two pairs of uh, shoes for the price of two.
4: Um, actually, yes, I did. Up until about five years ago, when I went to the doctor and he said, "Oh, you know, we've got carbon fiber plates. So you don't have to buy one shoe, and we'll put a carbon pipe fiber plate in the bottom of it, and of the short, you know, short shoe, mm-hmm. if you will, and, and that. So you can get. So yeah, I wear the, size thirteen. The, the, the long <laughs> no, shoe no. would not have been fair. The long shoe would not have been fair so it's 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 all worked out you know i, I yeah. still get around do a lot of stuff so he says by the time you
1: order your 136 pair you'll break even on this carbon fiber that's right,
4: <laughs> that's right. Well, i was waiting for i used to travel a lot i was waiting for that in the airport for them to scan it and say you need to take that out of your shoe like what do i do you know because
0: <laughs> but well, yeah size, it's, uh,
1: you know what they say about people with size 13 shoes don't
4: you well yeah but i only have one well they'd say big feet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, God bless you for that. So let's. Uh, we're going to go to break pretty soon. Uh, how much time do we have, Andrea?
2: Uh, we should cover the sponsors now. Okay, let's do it. So to let everyone know, you're listening to Ken Rashawn, the host of Amplified with Ken Rashawn on Voice America <laughs> Influencers Channel. And I'm Andrea Adams-Miller, the executive producer. And we've been interviewing Nick and um, Rittinger. I, w- I almost said you're… Uh, Ripplinger. I think I Riddlinger. Thank no, you.
1: Ripplinger. What? You said rigidlinger. Yeah, I did
2: say it wrong. Yeah, it's ripplinger.
1: (laughs) And Nick, and by the way, you're taking a chance on my shirt. I'm correcting it until we make sure it's right. (laughs)
2: And I'm glad that you, I, I always have Ken to help, help, help me uh, back up because I have this really lovely way of mispronouncing things. And then uh, Tony Boudot, who's uh, with us today. And we want to thank our sponsors for these opportunities for me to be able to flub my words and Ken to <laughs> make sure that I'm looking good at all times. And that is uh, Voice America Influencers Channel, the Red Carpet Connection, the Umbrella Syndicate, Big Events USA, and the Keep Smiling Movement. And we'll be back after these messages.
0: To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at UmbrellaSyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify.
1: Well, we are inundated with phone calls about us using an 8-track to still do these uh, little interim music dance-a-thons. So uh, thank you for all that. For those of you who lived through that time, uh, the 8-track is still alive. and Kim- you know, Ken,
2: maybe we can open it up to anyone who has music that's already being heard or listened to or somebody who's wanting to break out there. We are open to having We are someone- open some new bed music for our introductions and commercial breaks so if you would like to uh, get some great exposure and be connected to not only ken and i voice america but the keep smiling movement we would certainly love to hear what you have in store for us
1: and make the music so it glows in the dark because nick is not going to have anything to do with it unless it does so yes really appreciate that so we're looking for something that actually has a continuation that goes 30 seconds not necessarily a track break and it goes and then comes back in so something like that so tony um that was a great story you shared and congratulations on your size 13 feet that's awesome um and i do say feet because you it's it's actually looking that way right
4: it does look that way you wouldn't know the difference if i was walking down the street today so let's (laughs) talk about how
1: that well i know how it impacted your life but let's talk about the next stage of how you created who you are now Go ahead.
4: So, you you know, went I got a bachelor's in, in college uh, in history, and, but I always wanted to go into business. As, as uh, Andrea said in the beginning, you know, I started cutting lawns at 11. I love the idea of business, um, but really kind of had to find my path there and um, got my MBA in 2000, was working, f- or I'm sorry, in 2002 and uh, have been working for a lot of different companies at the time, uh, trying to figure out where I wanted to go in that. Well, I ended up in a job here in Nashville, and uh, it was as a marketing analyst, which I had never run Excel before I got there. So I was taught everything on the fly. But, you know, it was the height of the boom at that point. So everyone was hiring anyone they could get their hands on. It was reasonably intelligent. And I guess I looked reasonably intelligent to someone. And Dude, uh, by the way, I, it's I, I right try. Now. Yeah, it's, right it's the COVIDian haircut. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just I, I was got into Basically, understanding the decisions that customers were making. I worked for a direct marketing company, then for a hospitality company, building your analytical systems. And it was in 2007 where my VP sat down in, in the boardroom and said, "Tony, um, you're now in charge of customer experience and all the surveys for our entire, you know, hotel brand and entertainment brand and all that." And I kind of sat there a little bit lost because I had avoided all of the psychology classes that I could and um i didn't know the first thing about writing a survey Mm -hmm. so i went back to my office and i did what every you know every person does kind of stood up stared out the window for a little while and i realized i guess google might be able to help me with this and i just start googling and learning about customer service customer experience and um Within a year, we had implemented a whole text mining platform for the techies out there. Uh, It's basically the same technology that the CIA would use to go through documents in the intelligence services. We implemented that because I knew technology, I knew analytics, and uh, with that we were able to do some pretty amazing things in the hospitality industry and eventually went on to start my own company. I like doing things the hard way. So I waited until we were in the middle of the economic uh, crisis in 2009 you have, you to. You and to. I left my job and uh, started my company because I figured that would be a whole lot less stressful than the corporate work I was doing. You know,
1: I do the same thing. I only try to buy stocks when they're at the absolute highest and I try and actually you
4: know, ride the wave down. <laughs> <laughs> ride
2: the wave down. So,
1: um, You know, you could actually brag about the size of that mic too. That That is a heck of a mic. Tell us about that, Mike.
4: This mic here, well, uh, five years ago, I started doing uh, training programs for my clients. They're like, we wanted some customized training and customer experience and customer service. And so I reached out to a good friend of mine, Scott Clement, who does audio engineering for a lot of the big um, uh, personal development speakers and that. You know, mm-hmm. he runs the big board in the back of the room. And I said, I said, Scott, what should I use? So he said, you need to get this microphone. What is and it? And you need to get the, it's uh, the, uh, I forget what it's called. The RE20, I think it is. Okay. Um, so, because I was intimidated, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's right that's why I host. put it here. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> it is a professional mic. It's the ones that we use when I, I had a terrestrial radio station for 13 years, or, or not the station, but I had a, a show, and we had two of those. Yep. And I, Love them. It's a and by the way,
1: not to brag, Tony, I had an extraterrestrial and we did not have mics at all. So <laughs> that was before mics were invented. So it was it's, it's
4: the telepathic communication.
1: Do <laughs> you know the only reason I agreed to do the show besides the fact that the lawnmower thing got me like it was like you had me at lawnmower um, mm-hmm. was when I saw the size of your earbuds, I was like, okay, I can take him with the, my earphones.
4: See, I have to, I have to compensate. You now I go to the little earbuds. I need a really big mic. <laughs> it's like my feet. One's
1: big, one's small. I know. I get it, dude. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh what's the what's the name of your company and the site website
4: uh name of my company is tony boto international it's tonybodo.com that's the website mm-hmm. and our um, name by the way okay. yeah it's you know hey what, what's fascinating is you know you you set the name to be something you aspire to be which is you know international and it happens you know
1: there you go so i would say spell international but go ahead and spell the your last name again so people can find it yeah
4: it's b as in boy o d as in david o
1: h Great. And they can find you on social media, I'm guessing, as well.
4: Yeah. Tony Bodo, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, pretty much anywhere out there. Very clever. Very clever.
1: So um, you were asked to do this possibly in your mind unqualified, but in their minds the best person for the job because most businesses <laughs> yeah. that are trying to get a profit, I, I've heard about this thing, this profit thing. So um, you Googled, you found, you assimilated, and you executed. So what did you find in this search that people need to know during covid about how to secure customers and what they're looking for and what they're listening for?
4: Well, I think one of the biggest things that, that I can share right now is that people right now, we, we, in 2008, 2009, we went through this crisis, right? And coming out of that crisis, people stopped buying as much stuff, houses, cars, all of that. And millennials were halfway into the workforce. And so they, they start buying experiences. They wanted to be happy. They wanted to buy things that made memories. And you look at the what grew in the economy over the last 10 years, that was it. Mm-hmm. Right now, people are shifting. In fact, if you look at the podcasts that are growing and the, the, the areas of the economy that are growing, it's education, mm-hmm. it's distraction, um, and it's, it's anything where I can learn a skill quickly, like over the weekend, if you will. Right. Um, and so we're going into what, what has been called by some people the transformation economy which is an evolution of uh, the the next stage of the experience economy because people want experiences that help them become a new person. Mm -hmm. So what I see is that people are starting to buy new identities. Instead of just making memories, I want to become a different person. And I I look at my daughter. One of my daughters goes to traditional high school. She came home and over the weekend had to learn how to use Zoom to go back to school on Monday. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that type of situation. So Everyone is open. We've, you know, people that had jobs had to come home and learn how to use, you know, Zoom or, or Microsoft Teams or whatever it is, you know, to to be back into work the next day. Right. So literally, we have to learn skills so fast today that I think it's going to accelerate what was already a natural flow toward the transformation economy. We have to be there today.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you're saying this because to have a seven year old, uh, I won't overstate his brilliance, but to make the comments he's made would, I, I guess. the conclusion of any adult that he's thinking at a higher level he said age seven. he just turned 7 june 14th daddy i don't see why i should save money to go to college i want to be a coder and actually solve problems and college is so much money i can put that money towards the business and yeah yeah (laughs) yeah
4: my i mean my daughters are the same way you know they're they're looking at they're like okay well do we want to go to college and they're saying actually in Tennessee here where I lived, community colleges, you can go the first two years and and the state colleges have to accept community college credit. So why wouldn't you spend right. a fraction of the cost
1: yeah, it's like and 20%. then transfer in? Yep. Yeah, And not to mention the handholding and almost the gift 4.0 if you just do what the teacher says. And yeah. not to mention, you actually get the real deal on what the subject's
4: about. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because a lot of the teachers are actually professionals that are coming in and teaching part-time and <laughs> things like that. So it's not that they're less qualified, in some ways, they may be more qualified to teach you about life.
1: Exactly, because they're bringing in adjuncts to actually mm-hmm. replace tenured professors who are inundated, overwhelmed, um, yeah. over I guess over or under—published. but their direction is not actually the student. It's actually to have a career. Yeah, Whereas exactly. the adjunct is coming in and saying, let me just tell you, I'm so happy for eight hours a week, I get to change your life. So I'm going to actually have meaning in my life in these added hours. I'm going to give this to you. And yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful point. I, I'm a they big fan. of. They want colleges. the
2: connection. They wanted the real life application. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I love teaching. Cause I got in trouble all the time because I would break the rules. I made all my students make LinkedIn connections and get on LinkedIn. And I got called in and was told, this is stupid. All your millionaire friends, this is just, they happen to be lucky and they're just, there's no technology to show that this will be anything. Anything, okay.
1: <laughs> I, I almost got in trouble, too, because I said the Facebook, and they were like, it's there's no the in front of it anymore. No yeah, so.
2: <laughs>
1: so I definitely relate to what you just said.
2: I have a question um, about <laughs> Tony's book about profitability. Um, so those of you who, since I don't have the image of it here in front of you, profitability is spelled like profit, p P-R-O- r o o. P H E T profit yes. instead of like profit the money and um which may, I, I used to work with a guy he'd go yeah I'm Doctor Profit and then he'd go P R O F I T so not that one the opposite so it, will you explain uh, why you chose that word instead of the other and 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 the concept of that and also
1: spell both of them just to make sure we even know you know how to spell I actually
4: I, did I misspell it. <laughs> <laughs> No, we, we chose that word. Uh, we chose profitability intentionally. Um, I have to give full credit to my co-author, Betsy Westhafer. Um, we, were, we were doing our over Zoom one day, having to talk about the book and that and that's the name that she came up with. And I was like, I love it. So the the whole idea is profitability is is in business. This goes back uh, a little ways. We wrote this book in 2018. We just passed the two year anniversary of it. Um, but the whole point of the book was how do we how do we help companies understand what to look for in the next three to five years? How to be strategically focused, which is where the whole profit idea came from. And as we were going through that idea, I, I began to think back to you know times of old, like the Greeks, the Romans, the the Judeo Christian beginnings, if you will. And there was always the priest, the prophet, and the king. And I began to kind of think about those roles and related to corporate America, if you will. The priest is the one who tries to keep order, doesn't like chaos, doesn't like disruption, wants to keep everything as it is. Traditions matter. The prophet is a person who's always looking to the future, seeing, you know, what are the gods saying? Where are things going next? How do we come, become the next leader? And the king has to balance those two forces and keep order so that the kingdom is stable and growing into the future. And so we use that, the priest, prophet, and king as the analogy as we start the book off to really talk about these, these different forces that are at work in every company and every organization. And, um, and, and through the book, we talk about unfiltered listening and how you really need – there's so many CEOs today and executives today that trust – their employees to bring the messages up to them. And this is what your customers are saying. And here's a simple survey. And here's the results. And here's, here's a simple number you can look at to say, this is how happy customers are, but they never actually listened to the customers themselves. And so we tell a lot of stories about companies that succeeded, failed, or bounced back, depending on how well they listened to their customers and enacted the things that they learned, the insights that they gained from those conversations.
1: So, Tony, this is not to get another free shirt, because I know Nick is already hooking me up, but um, you owe me a free shirt because you can actually sue someone who has a show called The Prophet. And so, just so you know, they, uh, they're they exploiting you.
4: Well, I think the show may come around first
1: before my book did, but, <laughs> yeah, but, you, know. <laughs> but you know they probably were reading your mind through some type of transparency.
2: Through Ken's terrestrial stuff.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, so... Um,
2: Tony had shared, Ken, that was really interesting the, about us and the Keep Smiling movement, is when I was talking to him, I, I'm like, I, for us, since um, even though there's multiple um, of us on the board, Ken and I are the two most active that are doing the most jobs, and so... Well, while, while Ken is the co-founder, and he's in charge, <laughs> he, and he's our visionary. He's our I genius. barely
1: see what you're saying, but go ahead. The
2: idea. And then so my job is to be, you know, to organize all of this and yet foster the support so that he can grow and expand his ideas and so forth. So juggling multiple dual roles between both of us, you know, Tony, what's your advice for people who... Well,
1: Tony, have- be, yeah, Tony, before you even answer that, uh, I don't know what the terminology is because you said the... The three roles. I'm the one who's trying to create chaos. So, what is that role? You would be the prophet.
2: (laughs) You'd be the scatterologist, or the or the
4: jester. We didn't talk about
1: the jester, but you know, that was actually very nice. Uh, Yeah, the jester scatterologist. That is actually probably
4: (laughs) very much our.
2: (laughs) Slinging feces here. No.
1: (laughs) All right. So go ahead and answer that
4: question, Tony. So the, uh, the balancing is is important because you've got to have, you have to have both. If you would just have a profit in the company without having the priest, you know, so you've got someone who's just envisioning the future, but not building the the order, the structures, the infrastructure, the processes in place, then you're just all over the place. Every time a new idea comes up, you're off with the wind, right? And uh, and On the other side, if you only have the priest, if you only have the way you've always done it, you're not open to the new ideas. You're not open to see where things are going. So you're not listening, you know, in the case of the gods, which are really your customers, or in the case, it might be your donors. It might be the people that you're you're serving. And so being able to have both of those roles really balanced out well, but then you've got to have the king who decides which one is he going to listen to or is she going to listen to at which point in time.
1: So let's ninja-esque this. Okay, that's a new word, ninja-esque. All right, that's French for your last name. <laughs> so let's cut this show that we've had a lot of fun talking and creating some nice uh, entertainment and education down to what's a hack, what is a way that someone can actually understand how to apply something that would really get the biggest jolt of impact for their profit and their mm-hmm. ability to succeed. And you can give two or three. I don't, I'm not going to hold you to just one. But throw me some things that are not the – Oh, you have to be nice to your customers or you have to yeah. listen. What, is, what does it actually mean to actually change it?
4: Okay, so there's there's kind of two pieces to this that I can really tap into. The first thing is what you wanted. The only thing that should be in your marketing is what you do well. In other words, customers give you like a five out of five rating. They say, you do this awesome, right? Mm-hmm. You talk about those things and what you what creates value for customers. So if you do it well, but customers don't value it, don't talk about it. If they value it, but you don't do it well, don't talk about it because you're not doing it well enough. Right. So only where those two things come together, the excellence in execution and the value for the customer. That's all you talk about. Okay. And so as an example, take the hotel industry, which I spend a lot of time in. You go to most hotel websites and they show you beautiful pictures of their bed. If you look at 95% of the five-star reviews on TripAdvisor, they talk about the people that work at the hotel. So hotels, if you're listening, put people of actual employees on your website serving the guests. People, 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 people. Exactly. That's subliminal stuff there. <laughs> exactly. So that, that's one. The other piece of it, and one of the things that we really identified in our research is what I call the admiration equation. You want to help your customers guide them along a path so that they reach a level of admiration. Um, there's four emotions that we experience as human beings that are unique that they've only really started to study in the last five or seven years now it's the admiration of goodness and so you'll, you'll hear things like oh my gosh these people are so kind they're so good they're so helpful right yeah. then there's the admiration of uh, mastery or skill they're so good at what they do we love how their, their processes always work it never breaks down right or the product is excellent then there's awe, which is a state of recognizing something bigger than yourself, and, and you're in the presence of something amazing. And then there's the gratitude. Can I give an example of that one? Oh, sure. sure. Awe could be, um, awe is often experienced by people like, let's say they, they walk into an, uh, an amazing building, like a, a beautiful hotel, right? Beauty can inspire awe. Or for some people, when they open up their new Apple product, there's a state of awe, right? There's You, you recognize or a t- that there's- exactly yes okay. exactly and, and so son,
2: and it's when people see your pictures he's an amazing photographer and they go
4: oh, yeah literally. so if they say if they say wow and are breathless like they, they literally can't speak mm-hmm. that's often a, an indicator of a state of awe okay so that's a great way to if you're in person with someone and the final emotion is gratitude and gratitude is not just thank you it's like we're so grateful for what you did thank you so much like there's there's an outpouring of the soul if you will that heart now the the why these are so important that we have to move our customers to this state is because these four emotions are what scientists or the the psychologists call Outward or other, I'm sorry, other praising emotions, which means the moment we feel them, instead of focusing on how we feel, we immediately turn around and start telling other people about how amazing it was, which is what triggers word of mouth marketing. Right. And that's why you've got to get people there.
1: Yeah, it's, it's changing the pronoun of I to you. Exactly. Right. And uh, we're going to say that this is a culminated, and we're going to move to rapid fire if you feel complete, but I'm going to make sure you are complete by saying, you gave the antithesis of what doesn't work to what does work. Is there anything we're leaving out that someone's doing that doesn't work that they could easily fix?
4: I would say instead of looking at just your scores on a survey or on a review, actually read what the comments say. Look at your five star reviews, look at your one star reviews, understand what your comments actually say and follow up on those. That's the one I was
1: waiting for. So I was going to plus you, but there's no reason to plus. But this is the most important thing Tony said is don't just read it, but actually communicate with the person who gave you the review because you owe them gratitude because they're probably being vulnerable in one sense or the other being vulnerable in gratitude or being vulnerable to actually critique you because they care about you actually succeeding.
4: Yes, absolutely. Cool. All right, we're
1: going to go to rapid fire. I know you're a little nervous about this, Tony, and remember you're the TB of TB, okay? Got and then it.
2: Nick, uh I invited you to come back on camera, so if you are there, oh, we there go, he Nick. Uh, he's a listening.
1: Sorry, I'll tell you had my Nick, feet kicked up. I'll t- no, listen, if your feet weren't kicked up, we weren't bringing you back on. So uh-huh. that that means you're relaxed and hearing Tony. Are you ready? Yep. So, uh, Nick, we're going to go with you first and for T, right. all right? So, a book that changed your life.
3: Oh, yeah,
1: we probably should have started with Tony here. Okay, we'll start with Tony. That's no problem. <laughs> we'll start with Tony. Tony, book to change your life.
4: Uh, Jack Canfield's Success Principles.
1: Beautiful Ooh. book. Was Good on job. A couple weeks ago. All right. Uh, and Nick, you can always pass and come back later. It's no big deal. Yeah, let's pass. Okay. Um, your turn, well, Andrea. So what's Tony a first. song
2: that really gets you jazzed up, Tony?
4: Uh, I love classical music, so I don't really have a particular one. But, you know, hey, in honor of uh, 4th of July, the 1812 Overture. Of course
2: cool nick how about that was tchaikovsky
4: was that tchaikovsky
3: i think it was yeah yeah i'm gonna go with uh oar's crazy game of poker
1: that is a great one that's fun that was a great one awesome all right um i will i will come back to you during covid times when people need inspirational movies tony what's what's a movie you'd recommend or you enjoy watching
4: well, I, I am a recovering nerd. Some people say not recovering, so I go with Moneyball. I love Moneyball. It,
1: <laughs> man, isn't that a great one? It I is. do love that. And that's not often said, so I, I applaud you just from the fact that that actually is very um, symbolic of your conversation different. you just had with
3: us. Math always leads to hope. No doubt. <laughs> Unless you're in sixth grade. <laughs> All right, Nick, a, a movie that you like? I'm also going to go super nerdy and go with Empire Records. man. You guys are doubling down. I mean, this is a
1: team effort. You are making my mic feel that much sh- more shrinkage. Okay, go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so if you had a superhero power, Tony, what would that be?
4: Um, You know, I think it would be helping people believe in themselves. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah. Nick?
3: That's way cooler than mine. I was going to go with flying. <laughs> cool so, so we've never asked this one before so it
1: doesn't really matter because it's it's a singer because it's new to you guys anyway but uh, TB and R. so give me what TB could stand for that actually means who you are Tony and NR oh. NR what that means to you TB first
4: totally bomb <laughs> <laughs> totally bomb ba- no totally bomb <laughs> I love it the TR I mean yeah. nR sorry
3: so ours is going to be resilient. Okay. And I might need some help figuring out what the N is going to stand for. Um, I think niabolical. Niabolical. Niabolically
2: niabolical. <laughs> <laughs> resilient.
1: All right, cool. All right, Andrea. We're uh, this.
2: When you were a kid, what was your favorite game or thing to do to entertain yourself, Tony?
4: Uh, favorite game was probably Monopoly. Okay.
2: I could see you saying that, Nick.
4: Yeah, we're in a huge uh,
3: with COVID going on. It's, my uh, two sons kind of clung to Monopoly as well. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Been playing like every day. It's honestly getting a little <laughs> old, but it's so That's fun funny. to watch the kids play. <laughs> you, you change ready, the rules. Ready to <laughs> tear
2: down and build kinds of new buildings and.
3: <laughs> yeah. And like our six-year-old is destroying all of us, so. <laughs>
1: So you're you're both dads. What's a what's an important thing that you uh, try and teach your kid during COVID, Tony?
4: Um, trying to keep my kids focused on the the good that's coming out of this, as much you know, being aware of the um, empathetic toward the tragedy and those things that are happening, but keeping focused on the good that's coming.
3: Good, Nick. Yeah, so not anywhere near as cool as Tony's, but. <laughs> We uh, focused some time on some mechanical stuff, and we rebuilt a jeep during the okay, time. Okay, so that's three times better than
4: Tony. That's three times better than Tony. I've got girls; you got boys. That explains yeah, it all right there. Exactly.
1: My girls
2: were so thankful that their dad taught them how to change oil and change a tire. So, Tony, you can still do it. And my
1: and my dad during a uh, I guess a pre like recession taught me how to have my jeep repossessed. So, I mean, that's not actually cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Andrea
2: um uh, what all right so um if you had to um imagine a perfect world what would be a little technology thing that needs to be solved oh yes that's
0: a
4: big tb i know he's oh man oh man okay you know what i what i'd love to see from a technology perspective i would love to see our emotions be the driver of creating currency so you do what you love and you get paid because nice. of how you feel,
1: that is like a million dollar answer. And I got to say, when you were uh, stalling, like pretending like your name wasn't Tony, I <laughs> love that because I was thinking you were going to do well in the society as we know it today, um, in our in our current <laughs> pandemic, and just keep going and going and then finally give us the answer. But you knocked it out of the park. Good job. I
0: love Nick,
1: that, Nick. I'm going to tell you the uh, Jeep is not going to run and be a runner up on this
3: one. Do not go Jeep on this. <laughs> no. <So> I, th- <laughs> I think there's got to be some sort of filter for like all the hate in the world. Damn. Tony, I got to tell you, I
1: didn't think he'd come back at that strength, but you guys both got massive wins. All right. We're going to go to the last it's because question. he's
4: so resilient. That's what I know. It is. I know
1: there are. Yes. So last question, super quick. And we're going to sponsors. Okay. A quote you live by Tony.
4: Uh, Bob Proctor told me one time, I hope you love what you do because you're trading your life for it. Awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. Tony, Nick.
3: Well, the first quote is probably not safe for radio. So we'll just move on to the next one. Actually, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. Today. All right. Don't be a dick. Very simple words to live by. Yep. It's acceptable.
1: And that is acceptable. (laughs) All right. To our sponsors. By the way, you two have been phenomenal. We can't help. uh, We can't wait to have your Key Smiling books actually inspire the world with a dose of hope. So thank you both for what you do to make humanity and our world better.
2: And Thank just as guys. a reminder for the keep smiling movement a dose of Dosa Hope, is that dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins give you uh, more positivity in the world to help you spread more smiles and give out hope to the world, and that's helping others positively everywhere. You know, sponsors are. And our sponsors are the Umbrella Syndicate, the Red Carpet Connection, Voice America Influencer and Channel, Big Events USA, and the Keep Smiling Movement. I'm Andre Adams Miller, executive producer, and this is Ken Rashawn, your host of Amplified with Ken Rashawn. And you've been Amplified.
1: And battle Site and the big TBTB. Boom. <laughs>